Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast, where we discuss everything you need to take your GEA performance to the next level. On this week's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Connor from Know Yourself Nutrition, where we discuss everything about Connor's background in GEA and nutrition, the importance of knowing yourself when it comes to performance, the difference between nutrition for bodybuilding versus performance, food timing, staying on track at the weekends, and a lot of stuff in between. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks for joining me. No worries, Kenny. Happy to have um, So <clears throat> basically tell the listeners before we kick off about yourself and about your background within nutrition and GA. Yeah, so, well, I suppose my uh, journey with GA and nutrition started play, being a player myself. So played since I was about seven or eight years old for Cross McGlen Rangers. Um, so played football there up until a couple of years ago when I sort of had the um, management time between starting a business while I was also at the time working full time and studying on the side as well. So something sort of had to give and uh, unfortunately it had to be football as I was uh, living away from home and was trying to manage traveling up and down every week. But um, that's besides the point anyway, but I played a lot of football growing up. And I suppose when I got on there to the the senior team um, at my club, uh, I realised that a lot of the guys were a lot bigger and stronger and fitter than me and I suppose I wasn't necessarily the most skilled player so I had to sort of rely on making sure that I was you know, one of the fittest and one of the most in shape and that inevitably led down the route of asking some of the senior guys on the team uh, if they could maybe give me a gym programme to follow or mm-hmm. something along the lines of nutrition and got into the gym and stuff like that and saw my, my performance um, improve and speed and strength and stuff like that but I always sort of knew that the next development of that was looking more at the nutrition side of things and I suppose as I went to try and find that stuff online where most people would tend to go there wasn't necessarily anything uh, specific to GA. so I went sort of looking towards likes of uh, rugby and athletics and even the likes of bodybuilding and stuff to see could I pick out anything from any of these areas that might help uh, with the likes of human performance and making sure body composition was in the right place. And that sort of led me down the, the route of studying this stuff and getting qualified uh, to help others with it. And um, that led to me starting my own uh, nutrition coaching company, Know Yourself Nutrition, uh, which started out actually not necessarily, I didn't really know if it was going to be GA specific or uh, general population or what it was, but the Know Yourself element of it was important to me. It was the idea that you know, each individual is different and knowing what works for you as well as what um, what is going to be achievable for you and how you, t- how you tick, what's your um, motivations, what are your weak points, things like that was always going to be important in you um, with anything in terms of improving yourself. So that was the, that was the reason they called it Know Yourself Nutrition. Um, but as it developed, most of the people who were interacting with it and getting benefit of it, uh, from it were GA players so I uh, made the decision to go and be pretty much specifically working with GA players although I do work with people from other sports as well um, but 5% of the people that I work with aren't GA based but most of the time it's GA players I'm working with um, and yeah uh, I find it really sort of um, interesting to be in that specific field because there's a lot of different challenges there's uh, the, the idea of it being a, a mixed sport in terms, you need to be strong, you need to be fit, you need to be fast, you need to be all these different things. And it also has the, the aspects of it that 
most players are also managing a job on the side or college or whatever. And that brings with it a lot of unique challenges, but also opportunities um, that maybe other people, uh, especially um, for myself, working with people like that, that's sort of uh, an area that hasn't been addressed yet. And uh, I find it to be uh, an area that I think I can help a lot with. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. Sounds great. I just want to pick up on the name Know Yourself. And you mentioned it there. Like I'd be a big believer in, you know, if you know yourself, you'll get to where you want to go to quicker instead of wasting time of trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. What worked for Jimmy down the road doesn't mean yeah. it's going to work for you. So I suppose, what do you feel is the main benefits at the start of getting to know what's working for you and getting to know yourself as a GA player and as a person when it comes to food? Yeah, well, as you sort of mentioned there, like, um, you can find a lot of information out there on uh, so-and-so lost X pounds by doing this diet or uh, the keto diet's perfect for you or whatever. You know, you find all this information out there, but at the end of the day, everyone is unique and, you know, everyone has a different schedule. Everyone has a different, um, you know, body, even their body characteristics. Everyone has different training levels they're trying to adapt to. Uh, and different goals obviously as well so everyone has these different things so at the end of the day what works for one person won't necessarily work for you um, so like for, just as an example of a recent client that I was working with um, I, I'd given him you know a, a plan and we'd been working on this plan for a couple of weeks and he sort of had said you know I, I, I would like to maybe make it a little bit more um, I'd be happy to go a little bit more extreme with it or not extreme wasn't the word but I would like to try and maybe lose lose weight a wee bit faster and I yeah. said well I explained them you know well what that's going to entail is reducing your intake by a decent amount here and you, a lot of times people won't be able to adhere to that and they'll end up having a blowout at the weekend and I said look that's what you're in for but if you think that uh, you can sustain that let's try it but ultimately uh, the next week when we checked in um realized that he actually was feeling hungry all the time yeah. ending up binging out at night and things like that so that was an example of that that client didn't necessarily know himself didn't necessarily know that an extreme approach didn't work for him that, and by going through that process and I, I sort of knew it was going to happen but I said to myself you know I let him find it out for himself and uh, you know through that experience he got to know himself better because now he can take that into other things he can take that into the next time he tries or uh, as we go forward with his plan but also into different things like you know whether it's maybe studying or um you know whatever else if he thinks that an extreme approach might be appropriate at that time maybe he can look back and say well you know i tried an extreme approach with the with the, the nutrition side of things it didn't work probably the extreme thing isn't for me maybe i should take a more slow and steady approach and he's making a lot more, better progress now knowing that so that's one example yeah, I think I think that's a massive thing in general where people see what someone else done and they've done it, they got into the shape they wanted or they've done whatever within their six weeks and then they go to try and do it. And then three yeah. weeks in, they're like, I can't do this, this is madness. And then they get disheartened and just completely fall off the wagon, go back to even worse than where they were purely because they were unrealistic of what works for them. But I think that yeah, know exactly. yourself is so important. Exactly, yeah, definitely so, and it's just, and you know, I think the, health, the fitness thing and the nutrition thing and everything, it's a, it's a good tool for actually getting to know yourself, you know yourself, you know that uh, in tough training sessions when you're, you know, you're down to your last 
run and sudden and you're you're absolutely wrecked and the manager says right we four more runs that's when you know yourself you know if you're the sort of person that can go that extra four runs when you're already beat like that's those type of things teach you a little bit about yourself um and i think going through a process of um you know doing a say a 12 week nutrition program or a training program all these things different experiences help you to get to know yourself a little bit better and know more about yourself know what your triggers are know what your motivations are know where you usually fall down and different things like that so yeah definitely important yeah and i think it's it's important too in all aspects and you said it's funny the way it does really branch into whether it's nutrition whether it's fitness whether it's mindset or whether it's just life in general usually yeah. where you'll fall down in one thing in sport you can just mirror it on to what's happening on a daily basis within within life if you take on too much and you're the person that you know to study an example if you take on the crown the crown is not for you but it's not just going to work you're not going to get the results you wanted rather than over a long period of time realizing well i just need to put the work in over a long period of time and get the results rather than coming in and just trying to smash it out in six weeks and getting you know disheartened and back and as you said not getting the energy for training or any of that stuff and that's another thing that i wanted to ask you is do you find especially a lot of younger people have a i suppose an idea of what bodybuilding and in the gym nutrition looks like and try to bring that into a performance-based kind of style i think they do um i think that a lot of times and it's not even necessarily what the it's what the extreme versions of let's say a bodybuilding approach looks like so a very extreme version of a bodybuilder would be uh you know chicken and rice and uh, or chicken rice broccoli five times a day that's all you can eat no sauce yeah. no. that's the extreme version of a yeah. bodybuilder whereas if you were to bring that into even even if you were to bring that to most bodybuilders or most let's say people who just want to gain muscle that's not even going to work for for them never mind an athlete or someone who's juggling a lot of different things mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's one element is this the extreme end of anything is not going to work even for the people in that field but uh where bodybuilding and is it uh, like an athletic endeavor in terms of you know uh, football or hurling or whatever ga sport for example the way they would differ is is in the, probably the composition of most meals so like the, the breakdown of protein fats and carbohydrates it's going to be different in the sense that carbohydrates are going to be the predominant energy source uh, in high intensity activities such as GAA training and matches. Um, so a lot more carbohydrates are going to be the focus there. Um, whereas with the bodybuilding approach, yes, you're going to need some carbohydrates in there, but more of a protein high diet to facilitate muscle growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is slight differences in, in that approach. But if you're to take the average person who, you know, let's say, an average 22 year old who play one plays sport one who wants to just gain muscle uh, look better there isn't going to be a huge amount of actual difference uh, in their approach overall you know it's going to be mostly eating uh, mostly whole foods getting control of your calorie intake eating the right amounts of protein fats and carbohydrates getting plenty of bed fruits and vegetables in keeping hydrated getting your sleep right and maybe a few supplements so it's going to be the same in some aspects for someone who's in that position um but yeah i tend to think that a lot of times until maybe recently where there is a good bit more information around uh, specific ga stuff there has been a lot of people taking you know 
information from other sports that maybe doesn't play two uh, GA. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to uh, trying to solve that issue. So yeah, and I think I think that I think that is a big issue because now with the lights yourself, it's people are starting to realise that you know you do you do need carbs. It's not just the devil food that will make it fat. You know that you actually do need it to improve your performance. So you're not losing energy and all that. I think for a long time, people weren't using nutrition right, and it was just being nearly wasted from yeah. you know what they thought was right. And at least now there's someone who's training and teaching them how to do it. Is timing important of meals when it comes to performance? Yeah. So the way I tend to to look at it is, um, you may have seen, or you may not have seen, but uh, of it's a, a pyramid of the hierarchy of importance of nutrition. It's called the nutrition hierarchy. It's a concept that a guy called Eric Helms and uh, the people he worked with came up with. And essentially, it's like a triangle where at the bottom we have uh, calories, so your energy balance. You know, uh, are you eating enough to fuel your performance, but not eating so much that you're getting excess body fat or eating the right amount to lose body fat? Um, on top of then is your macronutrient profile. So that's your proteins, fats, carbohydrates. Are they in the right proportions? Second, uh, third up is then your food quality. So are you getting enough fruits and vegetables in? And then right on top of that uh, is your food timing. So I would kind of put it in around the middle in terms of importance. Because the next level up then right at the top, a smaller level or a smaller uh, level of importance is your supplements. So Right in the middle, I would put your food timing, um, especially for those who have both body composition and performance goals. Food timing is not, is it's it's all almost always the first thing people will look at. You know, they look at the pre-match meal and their maybe their meal afterwards and think that that's the most important thing. But even when it comes to fueling your sessions and fueling your matches, the the food that you're eating in the days leading up to it is often more important than actually just the pre-match meal, which is something a lot of people miss. So I think getting your general nutrition correct first is more important than actually getting the exact specifications of your pre-match and post-match meals on point, for example. So uh, I think food timing is definitely important, but I think a lot of people jump to that first where getting their general nutrition on point is probably going to be a lot more um, benefit, it's probably going to give them a lot more benefit. Yeah, yeah. But the reason I asked is when you brought that up is I'll never forget when sitting in a change room one day and I looked over the corner and this young lad, he's about, probably about 17 or 18, and I looked over and there he was, with a, just before we went out for the warm-up, with a bowl of pasta, raw pasta, yeah. or cooked pasta, but no sauce, no nothing. He was eating and eating and eating away. And he goes, oh yeah, I always feel great after I eat this, right before a game. And he right. said, post that. And I'll never forget that stick with me. And I was just thinking, I don't know if down in a whole bowl of pasta right before you go out yeah. key to your performance. So yeah. I think that goes to show the misconcept of people think once you have yeah. carbs in you, you just go straight away and it'll release okay. the energy straight away. Yeah, I mean, those carbohydrates, I mean, if it worked for him, that's well yeah. and good. Um, but most people, that's probably just going to lead to them feeling, you know, a stomach cramp yeah. soon after. Um, because those carbohydrates take a few hours to get digested within the system never mind get stored within the muscles so even when we talk about a carb loading approach of say eating uh, a lot of carbs the day before a big match the, people often get a bit confused and think maybe oh well you know if i eat a full day full day of eating of a lot of carbs that's going to be stored as fat because i'm not using it that night mm -hmm. but carbohydrates are going to be stored within your muscles 
for a lot longer than just a few hours. Uh, so by doing that carb loading approach, for example, those carbohydrates are going to stay in the muscles till the next day, ready to be used when you need them. Um, whereas you have, yes, you can have them, you know, in your pre-match meal as well. It's going to be, it's going to be beneficial. But um, if you don't have those those carbohydrates already stored within your muscles and have those glycogen stores full, then you're probably dropping yourself short. So for you, if someone came to you, and this is a very generic, again, it's going kind of against what you stand for, is trying to get people and get specific, but for a generic person, what would your advice be on a week leading up to a game, nutrition-wise? Yeah, so it's, that's, a, that's a good question because most of the time people's question is, what should I eat the, mat, the meal before the match? Whereas looking at it at a weekly period, at a week long period, is probably a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and even further back than that, making sure your general nutrition on point is obviously going to be uh, important too. But in the week leading up to the match, a lot of your focus is just on not doing anything too extreme, not starting to you know. I've heard of boys before being told by managers a week, two, a week or two before a game, oh, you look, you're you're looking a bit too heavy at the moment. We need you late on the field. And they've gone away and done sauna every day, twice a day, to try and lose weight. And they've gone out in the match not able to play because they're just exhausted coming mm-hmm. up to the match. So a week before the match, you, the main focus is not doing anything too extreme. Keeping your diet good, yes. Uh, keeping, keeping everything hydrated and everything else. And then the day or two before the match, then you want to start thinking about maybe upping the carbohydrate intake. Um, so that would be you know, eating plenty of rice, potatoes, uh, oats, uh, eating pasta, eating some bread, stuff like that. The day, I, I usually recommend the day uh, before the match. Um, and then obviously sometimes when I say that people think you're not eating anything, only carbs. But when I say carbs, uh, a lot of carbs, you're also eating your protein sources, your vegetables, stuff like that as well. So mm-hmm. the day before the match, increasing carbohydrates then uh, and keeping hydrated. The day of the match... Uh, you're then focusing on eating foods that are sitting well in your stomach um, and not going out. So you want to experiment a little bit in training sessions before uh, leading up to the match, even weeks before the match, to see what sort of meals, again, get back to the concept of knowing yourself, what sort of meals, what sort of meal sizes, uh, what sort of meal timing before matches works best for you, what makes you sit better in your stomach um, and, and make you feel good going out into the match. So, um, that's the basics of it. Yeah, and I think just when I asked you that question, I said the week before, and you said something very simple of, you know, your whole nutrition. So I can just picture people coming up to you the week before, right, okay, I'm after not eating right for half the year, but if a big match coming up now, what am I supposed to eat this week? Yeah. So again, it comes back to your overall yeah. nutrition. Yeah. I mean, like, if you, if, even if you think about it, you know, your, your nutrition in the months leading up to the match is, is what's going to determine what your body looks like, you know, how much muscle mass, how much body fat you have. So uh, that has a huge impact on, on your ability to perform. If you're, you know, overweight or carrying too much weight, uh, your nutrition leading up to the match isn't really going to do anything to fix that. So ultimately you're starting from a few steps behind. So by address, so that's the reason by addressing your um, nutrition in the months, uh, in, your, in general really, yeah. uh, leading up is going to obviously impact your body composition uh, as well as your adaptation to all those previous training sessions so that's why it's so important to get your general nutrition on point and then uh, your your you know lead up to the match is really just the icing on top yeah so, yeah and i think that that's so important for people to realize that you know 
this whole thing is a concept for a year. If you're playing, you know, club football or county football, there's no point waiting to come in towards championship time or the end of the league to start all of this kind of stuff. It's yeah. a year-round thing. You don't just change it, especially for the people that don't work on the six weeks, big block, big bus to training. The more mm-hmm. consistent you are over a period of time, the better the results we get. I think that, you know, in general, in life, that works too. Yeah. So what would you say to someone that's, I'm going to training, I'm doing my gym work, just can't get a handle on my nutrition. I can't stick to it. I binge out at the weekends and then, you know, try and work it off during the week and then weekends come again like a hamster on a week. Yeah. Well, the first thing would probably be to, to ask them, well, what, what do you think you're doing wrong? Because you can be sure that most people who, who are in that position know that there's three or four things that they know that they're doing wrong. They don't need any expert advice. They don't need anything. All they need is to identify, say, those three things and find a way to, to fix those three things. You don't need any fancy supplements, you don't need any uh, fancy carb loading protocols, whatever it is. There's three things that everyone knows probably that they're doing wrong, and that'd be different for each person. For someone, it might be, well, I know I'm only sleeping five hours a night, so uh, I need to fix that. Uh, for some people, it'll be, well, I know I'd never drink water, you know, might have a glass or two at lunchtime, but that's about it. It's coffee the rest of the day or whatever. You know, that might be something that's easy to fix. Uh, and for others, it might be, well, I really just don't eat much during the day and end up eating too much at night then. So, like, that, if you would fix those three things, that would change your life, you know, that would change your, your career in terms of your GA. So, that would be the first thing. Um, now, if someone didn't know what, what how, where to start or what their, their things were, the first thing I would start with most people was to, uh, was is the thing that, most people miss which is actually tracking how much food you're eating so we're often quite good at knowing what we should be eating you know most people know what healthy foods are and what you know most people know we should be eating more fruit and vegetables uh, lean protein sources you know whole grain stuff like that yeah the problem is a lot of times we don't ever address the amounts of foods we're eating so that might be one way of quantifying it might be in calories where you're, you're actually saying right am i eating enough to fuel myself or am I eating uh, enough or the right amount to decrease my body weight am I eating enough to increase body weight whatever your goals are so calories is one way of quantifying that um, another way would be to get them a bit more specific would be with the macronutrients so proteins fats and carbohydrates um, and seeing am I eating enough protein to, to facilitate my muscle recovery as well as muscle growth and you know recovery from training uh, I'm eating enough carbohydrates to fuel my training and uh, you know keep that sustained. And then I'm eating enough healthy fat sources to improve sort of to make sure I'm getting the health markers associated with that. Um, so that might be another way of doing it. And then then so those things, if you can get that right, you're you know you're almost probably eighty percent of your way towards being a lot better than most people, most GA players are going to come across. Then you can start looking at the likes of food timing where you're talking about maybe a carb loading approach as well as maybe a pre-match meal and a post-match meal. And then supplements might come into the picture. Um, but you know, supplements are often something that's really overhyped and a lot of them don't work. There's probably three to five supplements that really are going to help people and that's really about it. Um, so that would be, that, that would, again, would be the cherry on top of the rest. So, yeah, that's the way I would put it. Just to summarize that, that would be get control of your calorie and macronutrients amount. 
then uh, start looking at your, your food quality in terms of getting enough fruits and vegetables. Then start looking at your food timing and then maybe supplements on top of that. Is just me say, is food quality, so the quality of your meats, uh, butchers versus Aldi or Tesco's or other supermarkets, is that important? It is important. Um, a lot of times, so a lot of times when you hear about the differences between meat quality of meat sources, uh, a lot of it is so. Let's say I take a red meat for example, that is grass fed versus you know um, corn fed or, or grain fed. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of this research that sort of shows the, the big differences between them is um, is from American, uh, you know that type America, that part of the world where yeah. there is a lot of factory, a lot more factory farm and, and maybe questionable uh, ethics around that or a questionable sort of quality markers around that. But we're actually very lucky here in Ireland where a lot of the meat, especially you know, the butcher's meat, is actually grass-fed without having the certification that's, that you need to say it's grass-fed. So we're quite lucky in that the quality of meat here is actually really good. Uh, so probably the, your best bet is to go to your, go to your local butchers and uh, buy from them. Obviously, that's good for the, the local economy and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually when you're not when you're doing that, the quality of meat is going to be good anyway, so I wouldn't worry too much uh, about that if you're getting it from, from the local butchers especially. Yeah, so that was just a kind of side note. So yeah. what I'm getting, I suppose, from talking to you, and I think maybe I'm wrong, but I feel some people in that pyramid that you described kind of start halfway upward, where they start getting caught up on the timing of their meetings. And yeah. they might be going four, five, six hundred calories over what they're supposed to be having, but yet they get so caught up on the timing, the carb loading, and all of it. So do you find that people coming to you are just basically skipping the basics, skipping the foundations? Yeah, and I think it's because, a lot of time, because because with the basics, you, you sort of you have to be doing them every day to get to get the benefits of it. So it's not it's not even necessarily a problem with what they're focusing on it's the problem of consistency so a lot of times when people come to me to work with me a lot of times what they're looking for is yes they want a good professionally designed plan but a lot of times it's the accountability of having someone checking up on you every week and making sure that you know during the week if you're sitting down to to eat a a meal that's going to put you over your your calorie intake for the day and, and you're trying to lose body fat you know you have to report that to someone at the end of the week you might think twice about doing it so yeah. but i think that aspect of accountability to keep to keep someone uh, consistent um rather than you know a lot of times people will know what to do but they need someone to keep them accountable or, or uh, you know keeping them on point so uh, a lot of times that's what that's what people will come come to me for I actually think that's a massive thing in general is even if you take fitness, you know, everybody knows they should probably have to look into this way, eat less and exercise more. So yeah. that's what you're supposed to do. But what actually happens is another thing with the excuses or what, what again, I think especially in GA, GA players want to be pushed, but they're not necessarily either going to go looking for it or yeah. they're not going to, you know, push themselves. But then at the end of the year, they subconsciously think, could have done more, could have done better yeah. on my nutrition, or could have done better on this. But I think accountability is a massive, massive thing. And that's obviously yeah. something that's built into your programs. 
Yeah, I mean, the accountability, it's the same with everything, you know, you know yourself, if you don't have anything keeping you accountable, even, you sort of mentioned exams and stuff before, yeah. keeping you accountable there is the fact that you're going to get a result in a, a few weeks' time. And, Someone's you know, going to ask you what your result was. Exactly. So, uh, if you can find a way of building that in, you're, you know, there is accountability in the sense of, you know, if you don't show up to your training during the week, the team's going to be disappointed with you. The team's going to be asking what, what went on here. But mm-hmm. definitely with the, with the things off the pitch, maybe uh, with the, whether it's strength conditioning or your nutrition or getting your sleep right or whatever, there's no one really keeping you accountable to that because often the rest of the team aren't doing that side of things. Yeah. So if you're the one person or one out of maybe three people in the team who actually want to uh, progress that little bit and want to make sure you're doing everything right, then you're going to have to find that accountability somewhere else, and that you know that might be in getting a coach, that might be tell, uh, might be saying right, making a pact with one of your teammates who also wants to do the same thing. Um, but I think getting that accountability is very important because if you can get that and it's going to keep you consistent, it will make all the difference come match day or come the end of the year when you said right, I did everything I could because I knew that someone was going to call me on it if I didn't. Yeah, and I yeah I think that's part of in the wider GA thing is the accountability off the field. Like everybody knows they have to be a trainer and they'll put in the work. But yeah. sometimes I feel people leave training, leave the accountability, undo the hard work that they've done, and then get frustrated with themselves and maybe they're not performing. You know, they're training very hard, but yeah. then what they're doing off the field is kind of taken away from it. So I think that accountability factor in all areas within GA, sport, life, whatever it is, I think it's always important to have someone there. As you said, it might not necessarily be a coach, it might be a friend or someone else. If a few teammates get together within a GA team to say, right, this is the year we're going to try and progress and progress and progress and get their targets and their milestones, it can make a massive difference. So an individual and a team. Yeah, 100%. Agree. So um, I'm just going to put a few questions to you that I got off my Instagram. I put out a questionnaire and a few questions come in. So one here is, is coffee the best thing to drink before a game? Uh, well, it's certainly a good, it's certainly usually a good thing uh, to have before a game. Um, you know, obviously keeping hydrated is going to be very important. So having some water there as well is going to be important. The thing with coffee is, if it's uh, if it's an evening session uh, for training, especially, you might be compromising your sleep by having it very late in the evening. So if you have a, a training session at eight o'clock and you're getting a big coffee in at that time, uh, you know that might affect your sleep, which is going to affect your recovery from that session, which is affecting your adaptation from that session. So that mightn't be the best idea. But if uh, let's say you have a match in the evening, you might be willing to sacrifice that sleep if you thought you were going to get a bit of a performance boost in that very session. Now that's something that's going to be very individual uh, to that person where, well, you know, maybe they have an extra bit, bit of time to sleep in in the morning so they don't need to get to bed that early time uh, and different things like that. But let's say for a, a midday match, uh, a coffee can be a really good thing to have in there. The caffeine in it obviously is going to be uh, performance enhancing in the sense that you get that you know, mental wake up, but it's also physiologically, you know, uh, it can um, decrease your sensitivity to pain, for example. So when the going gets tough, it seems a little bit less tough uh, when you have a lot of caffeine in the system and different things like that. 
Um, now, for some people, coffee can be irritate, ir irritating to the gut. So, you know, if someone takes too much coffee in, they can end up having to run to the toilet 15 minutes into the match. Not a good thing. Like some of the Dublin yeah. players playing club level, running in at half time now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that can happen. So, again, never be trying anything new before a match because things like that can happen, mm -hmm. especially with different supplements. Um, so yeah, coffee is a good thing to have for a match. Um, again, it's one of the it's the small percentage that that's gonna that's gonna be uh, on top of a more general approach, but can be helpful. And even things like you can get a caffeine um, in the caffeine gels and caffeine gum and stuff like that. Again, you want to experiment with that. Start off really low dosage, uh, like half the dosage or one serving of the doses that they currently recommend on the. On the packet and train it in training sessions or ma or less important matches beforehand uh, to make sure everything is 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 okay uh, in terms of it suiting you. Um, but yeah, uh, it can be it can be a good approach. Uh, another one here is: Should I count calories if I'm bulking? Uh, I think you I think you should go through a period of tracking uh, your calories, even if you are. Uh, so-called bulking if you're trying if you're trying to gain weight because a lot of people who who the typical what you might call a hard gainer uh thinks that they're eating a load of food and uh they can't eat anymore and you know i should be gaining weight at this and then often when they track their food they're realizing that yeah maybe one or two days of the week they're eating maybe three or four thousand calories but the rest of the week they're maybe skipping lunch or missing breakfast because they're in a rush or whatever and uh, if, there, if you track your food and you're tracking it every day consistently, you can start to see, oh, right, I realize maybe I'm not eating as much as I was, uh, and you can track it. Um, also with that, when you're trying to gain weight, you don't want to necessarily be just eating as much as possible and then uh, ending up gaining too much weight and, and a lot of it being body fat. So having some sort of a, a control on your overall calorie intake can be important even in a situation where you're trying to gain weight. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's important for some people to realize that it's kind of throwing a stone in the dark. You don't actually know where it's going if you don't have any idea of what yeah. you're And the thing, with, the thing with tracking is whether you lose fat or uh, gain muscle or, or stay the same weight, uh, is that you may only have to do it for a short period of time, a few weeks, before you actually realize that, oh, I have a pretty good grasp of this. Uh, I've learned a lot. I've learned, you know, how to look at a meal and basically say, oh, you know, I, I reckon there's about 700, 800 calories in that. Uh, you start to recognize these things after a while of tracking. So by going through a short period of tracking, even if it's only three or four weeks, you can pick up these uh, habits of knowing exactly, you know, how much is in certain foods and being able to progress without even having to track long term. Yeah, I think that's very important for long, you know, sometimes get caught up in the short term, like, yeah. You know, you're tracking to try and progress, so you don't need. So it just becomes natural, becomes a habit of, well, this is roughly what I'm eating. So by the end of the day, you can tell yourself a guided thing rather than just a stab in the dark. It's good. Um, have you any tips for staying on track at the weekends? I'm very good during the week. Weekends not so good. Yeah, it's a that's probably one of the most common problems <laughs> or yeah. common things. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable because that's when your social occasions are, you know, that's when you want to maybe relax and you don't want to be cooking all the time over the weekend. What I usually recommend is that 
you do a bit of planning. You sit down on either a Thursday or a Thursday night or even a Friday lunchtime or whatever bit of 15 minutes you can get and just plan out what your weekend's going to look like. You know, plan out if you're going out, plan out if you're meeting your friends for lunch, plan out uh, whatever it is, just put it into a calendar and then you can look at it and you can see, you know, slot in your training there or whatever. And if you can pick out maybe two or three uh, or yeah, two or three times in each day where you're going to be eating. Uh, so, you know, let's say you're meeting your friends for lunch on Saturday and you're going out Saturday night and Sunday you have training in the morning. Well, you can slot in your, your eating times around that. So Saturday morning you schedule in breakfast, lunch and the meal out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can look at that and you can look at each of those individually and say, right, well, breakfast, I know I should probably keep it pretty light because we're going out for lunch and dinner. At lunch, I know that the spot we're going to does a salad rather than, you know, uh, chips and baguettes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to keep it light there. So that means that when I go out, I can have uh, this thing off the menu that I've looked up online um, because I've been sort of monitoring for that all day. And then you go, right, well, when I'm going out, I'm going to have the meal out uh, and I'm going to have two drinks with it, not going to have dessert. So you can plan little things like yeah. that. Um, I think that really helps. And then I think if uh, if you're able to, on a Thursday or Friday night, cook up some things that you're going to have in your fridge, uh, that's going to be really handy. So if on a Friday, Thursday or Friday night you can just stick a few chicken fillets in the oven um, or boil up some vegetables or whatever it is and have that in the fridge, that means that you don't have to worry about cooking over the weekend. Uh, so, you know, you can just go to the fridge. I'm going to take that out. I'm going to heat it up. I'm going to have it uh, at, at lunchtime. And that's going to do me. As opposed to thinking, ah, oh, you know, Jesus, the weekend, I couldn't be bothered cooking. So if you can get it out of the way, have it ready. Uh, that's usually helpful. Yeah, I think that's important too. And even I find, like, you treat the week, Monday to Friday, as one thing. And then the weekend is another. So obviously, yeah. you're not going to have the same outcome if you're, yeah, your meals for the whole week and then come Saturday. Oh, I just managed, stuff. yeah, and then the big pizza in front of you, and it's not going according to plan. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll just fit in one more. What is the best food to eat after a game? Yeah, so uh, usually when someone asks what's the best food for whatever it is, mm-hmm. there's usually no best, food, best food for anything, it's usually it has to be what are the principles around this area? So let's say the principles with your post-match meal or post-trainer meal is you want some protein in there because you want some, uh, you want to be able to have the muscles to recover. Um, and then you want some carbohydrates in there usually to replenish the carbohydrates, the glycogen that you've just used in that training session or match. And uh, that's really, once you have those two things done as, as well as uh, hydration, so uh, consistently sipping on some water after training then you can pretty much build your meals around that so that opens your possibilities to a load of different meals that could look like chicken and rice with the vegetables or yeah that could look like fajitas that could look mm-hmm. like uh you know minced beef and spuds that could look like um you know pasta bolognese you know by having those principles in place, you can you can have a wide variety of meals as long as you know you're, you're having your protein, you're having your carbohydrates, you're sipping on some water, and obviously getting in some fruit and veg there as well is a good idea. So, yeah, operate from those principles and, and you won't go too far. And then that makes it easier to stick to because you're not just eating the same food after every game. And I suppose yeah. when you know the foundations, you know the principle, you get the knowledge, it makes things yeah. a bit easier to be able to know, well, I can eat this food without 
thinking it's bad for me or you know certain foods are bad and certain foods are good instead of fitting it in yeah definitely so kind of for the listeners where's the best place to find you and you want to tell them a bit about what you offer in nutrition yeah, sure. Uh, probably the best place to, to find to, to the content that I usually put out is on Instagram. So if you just search for Know Yourself Nutrition, uh, you'll find that on Instagram. You can go onto the website, knowyourselfnutrition.com, where you'll find a, a blog posts, uh, podcasts, uh, different things like that. Uh, you can check that out. Um, if you want to get more hands-on and, and work with me one-to-one, you can uh, go to the website, knowyourselfnutrition.com, and go to the coaching section. And I run an online nutrition coaching program where you get a specific nutrition plan and gym work program uh, where I check in with you each week for 12 weeks. And the aim of the 12, is that by the end of the 12 weeks, you've not only made uh, huge progress in terms of your body composition and performance, but you're also educated to go and continue to progress well after the program has even finished. So that's the aim of the program. Uh, you can go and check out uh, the information there. Sounds great. So if anybody has any nutrition and I see you do Q&As as well, if anybody has any questions, pop over there and get a lot of information, a lot of benefit from your page because I have even your posts, you know, for someone like myself who hasn't a huge amount of knowledge on nutrition for performance, it's, it's very helpful. So I'd recommend anybody to go over and check out the page. Thanks very much. So Connor, thank you very much and I appreciate your time and taking the time out to come on to the podcast. Happy to help. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you want to find out more information about my Mindset for Performance programs, where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place, we look at goal setting, identifying key milestones and targets, obstacles that may occur, accountability, and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time, keep moving forward.